0: And now, the quote of the day, by Franz Johansson, American author. The best ideas emerge when very different perspectives meet. In today's episode, I talk a little bit about perspective. There are four different views that we need to take into account as we approach our interpreting work. Now, these are not theories or standards, but... These are things that help us that I think about when I'm interpreting or when I'm thinking about interpreting. Perspective is everything. The lenses that we use to see the world are the lenses that we have created through our experience, through our education, through the people that we meet, the people we hang around with, the books we read. All of that helps us create new lenses to look at the world in a new way. So let me talk about four lenses we should try to focus in on. Let's get started. The first area. When we think about interpreting, people say, well, they want an interpreter for this assignment. They want two interpreters to handle this all-day workshop. We're going to need a team of interpreters. They're going to want a specific type of interpreter, blah, 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 blah. What does all that mean? They need interpreters. They want interpreters. Want versus need. How many people say people want an interpreter? Do you want an interpreter for your everyday needs? Going to the doctor, do you want an interpreter there? And some people would say, yes, I want to be very clear. I want to know all the information. I want that interpreter there. And I would argue, you don't want an interpreter but you need one. You would rather communicate in your own language. I would. I would rather communicate directly with my audience, directly with my doctor, my boss, my colleagues, directly in my language. That means I can determine the path of the communication. I can determine fully what is understood, what is not understood. I can edit myself I don't need someone else to edit those things for me. Unfortunately, I do need interpreters sometimes. Because I don't speak all languages. I don't use all cultures. Even now, most of you listening would prefer to listen to this, I'm sure, in your own language. Many deaf have told me that they don't always use an interpreter. And this was even in the U.S. They have told me, I go to the doctor by myself many times, unless it's an emergency, because I don't want someone else in there. I just want me and the doctor. Now, granted, these individuals may be a little more privileged because they know the written language quite well, or they're very good communicators, but it's their prerogative. It's their right to decide. I believe most people are like me. They do not want an interpreter. They need an interpreter, whether they want it or not. And if I live by that philosophy, not only that philosophy, but if I take that philosophy to heart, it humbles myself a little bit more. Every time I go to a situation, I think, these people here do not want me. They need me. And therefore, I must respect that and act Accordingly, no one wants a third party in their private lives. They don't want a third person to know their financial statements, their medical history, their education level, their preferences for this or that or that, but they need the interpretation there. That helps me set those boundaries, helps me ethically stay impartial. And neutral and very respectful distance from each of these lives that I enter every day. For me, it helps to remember interpreting is a need, it's not a want. That may be an extreme thought, but it helps me remember my boundaries, helps me remember my place in this situation. And therefore, that dictates a lot of my decisions morally, ethically and allows me to treat the communities with more respect and serve them in a way that is more appropriate. So want versus need. The second area that has created a new lens for me, or part of my lenses, is it is their lives, not mine. It is their lives, not ours. And this connects to the first area, want versus need. We have to remember that we truly are interrupting the lives of others. We are stepping into it. We are changing the dialogue. We're changing the feeling, the emotions, the mood, and atmosphere of that moment in their lives. It is not our place to decide the way that their life journey will go. And therefore, I am there not to be completely a robot, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, but I still have those boundaries to keep my world out of their world and their world out of mine. Yes, we do overlap. Yes, we do interact and we are human and we do create a relationship of some kind, but it doesn't mean that I am now their brother or I am now their friend, it means that I am an interpreter in that moment in their lives. And that's all it should be at that moment. But after that moment, we might be a friend in the community. We might be a friend or a colleague even. But in that moment, we are not. In that moment, we are in their lives. And of course, I hear you out there thinking, well, sometimes... It's both, and that's correct. Sometimes we are interpreting for our colleagues at work or in a project together. We both have a say in that. However, in that moment when I am interpreting, I am not the one making the decision. I am not the one influencing the other's decision in that moment. I am merely interpreting and have to understand that I might influence the decisions because of my presence. And I have to be respectful of that power, of that privilege, and acknowledge it in a way that I have to live with it. I have to somehow balance it so that the power is more in their hands than mine. And most of our clients, they know this. Most of our clients know because they work with us all their lives. And they know that some of their power is influenced by what we do. It's a delicate balance, but if I keep in my mind, it's their life, not mine, I can keep the boundaries up as long as I can. So, want versus need. Send me a voicemail for what you want in this podcast, or buy me a coffee for what I need and share with the colleagues that need this. Thank you very much. Now let's put our glasses back on and look through more lenses as I talk. Area number three, nuances unspoken, feelings unspoken. There are many things in a situation that are not part of the conversation, not necessarily there. It's more of an invisible mood or feeling that is not expressed. Sometimes we can feel it ourselves. Sometimes we know that people have goals that they're not sharing with me or with others. They have a goal for this situation, for this conversation that might be hidden. In English, we might call that an ulterior motive, a motive that doesn't necessarily meet what everyone in the room thinks it does. Those nuanced feelings, those unspoken goals or mood that someone has about this conversation or about these people, they influence their responses their comments, their questions. And it sometimes makes it difficult as an interpreter to interpret what they have said with the same intention. If we cannot see the intent, but we sometimes can feel that something's just not right. That's when I think, okay, I need to put this lens on and analyze the situation a little bit clearer to see if there's something that I'm missing. And sometimes I may have to ask, what is your reason for saying this? And if I guess it correctly, then I can give the same intention, but still hide that motive rather than being direct. It helps with the interpretation to know the goal, to know the purpose, but sometimes we don't. And therefore, if I keep that lens on, I know that maybe if I do guess the real reason, I need to keep it hidden myself, because there's a reason that they're hiding their intentions. No one said interpreting is easy. If they did, they had ulterior motives. In the fourth area, do no harm. This is part of the U.S. Code of Ethics for the Registry of Interpreters for the Deaf, RID. Do no harm. What does that mean? Well, it means we shouldn't physically hurt anyone. We shouldn't intentionally make a situation worse. We should not make a decision which causes negative or bad consequences for the clients. But it also means that we should not make a decision or not make a decision in a way that could potentially cause harm. Cause the situation to have bad results for the clients. And many times our decision or behavior could be perceived as doing something bad. Someone may just think that what we did was wrong and made things worse. That's where it gets difficult for us. We have to not only think about the real consequences that happen but we have to think about the perceived consequences what people might think about what we did or what we do and that makes it really really tough on us which is why sometimes we're really stressed out not knowing what people may think makes a lot of us worry just in our lives in general But to have that added stress in interpreting can make it difficult. My philosophy has been to keep that lens of do no harm, not necessarily on what I'm seeing, what I'm experiencing, but what I'm feeling. Does this feel right? Is this the right thing to do? Do I have the responsibility? Do I have the authority? Do I have the permission from the clients? All of those are connected in a way that keeps us grounded. All four of these areas add to the lenses that we use to look at each situation, to help us make our decisions, whether they're ethical or practical, they can help us ground ourselves in the moment to realize what is right, what is wrong for this group of people who are having a conversation. These are four of the perspectives that I try to keep in mind when I think about my job. What areas do you have that you use for your lenses? I would love to hear those. Send me a voicemail, share them with us so we can learn from each other. So once in a while, take your lenses down, clean them, adjust them, put them back in focus, Keep calm and keep interpreting. I'll see you next week. Take care now.